Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Susan Scott. Her book is Fierce Love, Creating a Love That Lasts, One Conversation at a Time. Throngs of studies reveal the extent to which Americans are shockingly dissatisfied with their relationships and in many cases are completely disengaged, abstaining entirely from intimate relations, monogamy, marriage, and other healthy relationship benchmarks. The pandemic put the kibosh on romance for many, but the problem is far more deep-seated and insidious. Susan Scott, Fierce Inc. CEO, explains that we often long for deep connection in our relationships, but don't know how to communicate well and sometimes withhold what we're really thinking and feeling. Exploring conversations that are central to fostering relationship success and a true connection, she reveals people don't often recognize that conversation, the conversation, is the relationship. Her fierce book trilogy are on the New York Times, USA Today, and Wall Street Journal bestselling list, bestseller list. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Susan. Thank you, Catherine. I'm delighted to be here. Conversations. Conversations are the relationship. Uh, you'd think that would be obvious. We, you know, communication, connecting, conversations, but somehow that isn't really true. And the research, as you've pointed out, bears that out. What are we doing wrong? Well, we're afraid to have some of the conversations that have our names on it. You know, I was listening to your earlier segment on um, anxiety, and I and I think that um, a lot of people are anxious because there are all kinds of unresolved issues. There are conversations that they need to have with themselves. There are conversations they need to have with, you know, at, in the workplace and at home, uh, and they just don't because... They never learned how to have conversations that really get truth out on the table, let a lot of fresh air into the room, and resolve issues while enriching the relationship. So people just don't know how to do that, and that's what this book is all about. Here are the conversations you can have that will really bring you closer, that will surface and resolve any issues that are out there that are keeping you and your partner sort of apart from one another emotionally, physically. And um, that's, you know, I want people to be able to have this beautiful, long-lasting, deep connection with one another. And that occurs or fails to occur one conversation at a time. Yeah. As you say, Americans, and I certainly believe it, I see it everywhere, I guess I would have to say, Americans are in the throes of a communication crisis. And you have all the specific things that we can do to mitigate that, right? So let's talk about those. Yeah, okay. So what are those? I mean, I think one of the first things you talk about is that there are myths, um, five myths to be specific, that mislead and derail couples. What are those myths? What, what, describe those to us. Well, yeah, sure. Uh, One of them is you complete me which is a lovely sentiment, and it doesn't really work that way. We, we complete ourselves or fail to, and we cannot know if we really want the relationship we're in unless we are happy in our own lives. It's not about, you know, am I, do I like my life? It's do I like myself in this life? And so the most important conversation we'll ever have 
is the one that we have with ourselves. You know, where am I going? Why am I going there? Who's going with me? How am I going to get there? And those are really important questions to um, to answer for oneself. And I think um, we're just not disciplined to think through where am I going? Where am I headed with my life and why? You know, really, what matters to me? So no one completes us. We really... I mean, they're wonderful extensions, they're wonderful additions to our lives, they enrich us, they add so much, but they don't complete us. We have to do that. Susan, it goes against, Susan, it goes against, um, it it seems to me, uh, and that is a myth, I am so, I I so believe, I think that's so true, and I'm glad that you, that that was your number one example, because (laughs) when people, I mean, when people get married, what about all the things they say to each other, you know, we're going to be one, we're going to do this, we're going to, all this, this, this kind of stuff that really doesn't happen, because they get divorced two or three (laughs) years later, and you're sitting there thinking that, or at least I am, uh, given my experience, and uh, so we we perpetuate everything when we do get together initially. We perpetuate yeah. that myth. We got to break that. I don't know how you do that. I mean, it's sort of written in every, let's say, every uh, religions, every vow uh, script, every vow. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, I'm glad you said that, Catherine, because I think we have to understand that there is. You know, just because we have stood in front of a, a, a rabbi, a priest, a minister, and, and said some words and signed a paper, that does not mean that we're going to dance merrily into the future and be happy forevermore. It just doesn't mean that. It takes work. And we all know that it takes work. And I think one of the reasons why relationships don't last is because we don't know how to do the work. And the work happens in conversations. You know, I was running think tanks for CEOs for 13 years, and I had so many conversations with him, and I was reading Hemingway's The Sun Also Rises, in which a character is asked, how did you go bankrupt? And he responds, gradually, and then suddenly. And I remember laughing, but I had this insight after all those well over 10,000 conversations with all of these people that I was working with, that our our careers our relationships, our very lives succeed or flatline or fail gradually, then suddenly, one conversation at a time. And we always wake up if we arrive at a suddenly that is devastating, and yet we've been asleep throughout gradually, which is where we live most of our lives. So I want us to have these conversations that help us Ensure we're connected, we're on track, we're in agreement, we're moving forward. There are no hidden agendas. There are no issues that we just can't talk about because it would wreck another weekend. It's all out there. I mean, can you imagine how wonderful it would be for any couple to have no unresolved issues, that everything has been discussed in a way that actually enriches the relationship rather than wrecking the weekend? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, no one wants to wreck the weekend. That's true. No. Uh, so, give us an example of that kind of a conversation. I, I know with me, I, I'm a, one of those people. I don't. I try. I, I mean, that's what I do. I'm a voice. Uh, I should be able to speak to my partner, which I do. And sometimes when I'm 
want to say something to him. I may not say it because I don't want to wreck the trip. I don't want to wreck the weekend yep. or yep. The, whatever the party is. And I can you, well, are there times that you shouldn't wreck the weekend or should we always be saying exactly what we think is our truth on our mind at the moment? Well, yeah, I, that's a great question. It's not only disclosing what we are really thinking and feeling, but how we do that, the way in which we disclose, the way in which we inquire, the way in which we listen to our partner, that is the sweetness that is fierce. That is the power that is fierce. And, you know, I was talking with one woman who said, my, you know, my husband and I, we just, either one or both of us gets triggered uh, about an issue. We shut down. We don't talk about it. And, but it's still there. And then there's another thing that we just, no, no, we're not going to talk about that either because it's too sensitive and one of us is not going to be happy about this. So we don't talk about that either. Or, what happens is because we're not talking about some of these things, we end up taking little tiny pot shots at one another here and there, you know, because there's an irritation. There's something underlying that is unresolved. And what, what she said that really struck me, Catherine, she said, our conversations, even the, you know, the really brief ones, they're like small diminishments. And when you string them together over weeks, months, years, it's as if we've pulled off our own wings. And so she said, I want to get, I want us to get our wings back. I want to understand why it takes so little to send love running out the door. I want to understand why we leave so much out when we are supposedly telling the truth. I want to understand why we are so careful all the time in our conversations. And I want to understand, you know, what is the conversation that my partner and I have not been able to have that if we could have it would change everything. And truly, that is what fierce love is all about. Here are eight conversations that will help you get your wings back that, you know, I mean, so many so many couples are, they're no longer lovers, they're just housemates and going through the motions and they hit a plateau and they don't really understand that there's anything new to learn about one another, plus they have all these things that they're not, not talking about that really need to be talked about. And during the pandemic, this really was <laughs> amplified because, you know, here we are with this enforced togetherness. So everything that works about a relationship and everything that doesn't work is amplified and there's no escaping it. And I think if, if couples don't know how to talk through um, some of the things that really matter to them or that distress them or that cause anxiety for them or just make them sad or feel even lonelier inside a relationship than they would be if they didn't have one at all. Yeah. I mean, that, that's really what I aim to, uh, to help people with. I want them to be able to have these conversations. And so it's, it's a lot about not only what to say, but how to say it. Yeah, that's critical, obviously, how to say it, because you can say the same thing in many different ways and get a very different reaction, which is what you talk about in the book. One of the things also, unconditional love. Why is that a dangerous idea? I mean, it's, I'm assuming that it's, it's, 
It's not a, it's unconditional love for your child is one thing. Unconditional love for your partner is something else, isn't it? It is. In fact, a couple was visiting me a couple of years ago and they were bringing me up to date on everything that was happening in their lives. And eventually it surfaced that he had had an affair and he had stopped it and they had had a horrible heartbreaking time, but they had managed to survive. And she looked at him with this sort of adoring look. And she said, well, you know, we believe in unconditional love. So darling, there is nothing you could ever do that would cause me to leave you. And, you know, Catherine, I think I shocked all three of us because I jumped up out of my seat and I said, take that back. Take yeah. that back. You know, I'm on. You just, I said, I, to, the, to the husband, I'm not suggesting you are going to have more affairs, but she's certainly given you permission to do that with no consequences. So I think, you know, we need to clarify for ourselves and we need to understand for our partner, what are the conditions that need to be in place for you to be extremely happy in my company, in this marriage, in this relationship, not just happy, extremely happy. What are the conditions? So I'm not talking about just, gosh, it would be nice if this and nice if that. I'm talking about the must-haves, the (laughs) non-negotiables. And for a lot of couples, dare I say, that they have sort of put off to the side um, lovemaking. And they've gotten used to the idea that they are not really going to be intimate with one another. And that is heartbreaking because that is such a beautiful way to love someone and to be loved and to connect. But they're not doing it because there are all these unresolved issues and or they just haven't talked about what is important to them when they are together. So... I, and know, I think <clears throat> I want to stop you there because I think that the conversation also uh, couples have difficulty having conversations about uh, intimacy, se- their sex lives oh. uh, that they, they oh, yeah. And that's one of the, yeah. it's one of the first things, but it's, it, it definitely is something that just very early on in marriage is very surprising that people just get separated yeah. in terms of intimacy. And that's really not a good thing. That's where you really need a conversation. As you say, it brings people together. Um, yeah. yeah. But it, this is another question I have. And I've asked this to many of my guests. Uh, uh-huh. Are we programmed? Are we really um, fit to be with somebody, I don't know, fit is the right word, for 50 years? How does that work in terms of conversations? I mean, what is our goal? We get married at age 30, let's say, which is, I guess it's the average for college-educated people. I'll say, you know, I'm, I don't, mm-hmm. that's one of the statistics. So you're going to be together for another 40 mm-hmm. or 50 years. How does that work? Well, Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work because we, if it doesn't work, it's usually because we grew apart in different ways. We developed entirely different interests. We find that we, we desire an entirely different future, an entirely different life, and there is no reconciling the differences. And so, you know, I love you. Thank you for everything that we've done together. And now, you know, it's time for us to go our separate ways. And I, I do feel that that is what happens quite often. But the other thing that happens is that, you know, they 
couples fall apart because they are not having the conversations that could keep them together. So one of the conversations in Fierce Love is about, you know, here's where I want to go in my life. Where do you want to go? I mean, what, what is important to you? What really matters to you? Do you feel you're on track? Am I on track? Give me some feedback. You know, if you don't think I'm living up to what I've said is important to me, tell me what you're seeing. And having those kinds of conversations allow us to to see one another in a different way, to understand this is not just my my husband or my wife. This is a vibrant human being who has blood throwing, flowing through his or her veins, who has a purpose, who has, you know, desires, goals, frustrations, heartaches everything. And I need to cherish this person and understand where it is that he or she wants to go. How are they feeling about where they are right now? What are the biggest barriers for their happiness and success? And what is the conversation I can have with them that will help my partner sort of sort all of that out and clarify an important next step to take? So one of the conversations in the book is how do you get past honey, I'm home, you know, (laughs) Um, how do you go deeper with your partner? So it's all about connection at a deep level. And I think that we just don't understand how wonderful that is, how beautiful that is, how totally accessible it is um, as we talk with one another and the way that we talk with one another. And I think it's also um, critical, and obviously you, you cover this in the book, but to have those conversations when things don't go your way. I mean, people get sick. Children do things that can be catastrophic. I mean, you can think of all of these crises that one has mm-hmm. with a partner and to be able to uh, to have those conversations at the moment and to, because it ch- things, uh, events that change your life and they will if you stay with someone long enough uh, and be able to, have those conversations around very difficult topics, not just the good stuff, not just that's, I think sometimes, right. right? That's easier, but uh, you really have to, yeah. One of the, one of the, um, the, the chapters is about how do you give, how do you stay current with your partner? um, If he or she does or says something that doesn't land well with you, or you observe something that you think, wow, I don't, I'm not, I'm not feeling good about that. How do you, how do you bring that up? And so it could be as simple as saying, um, hey, uh, I thought we were going to spend some time together this weekend, and um, you just told me that you're planning to go golfing. Can you tell me what's going on? Just that, Catherine, just that, instead of saying, and you never want to spend time with me, yeah. and we haven't <laughs> spent time together in such a long time, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just, here's what... Here's what is happening. Or let's say somebody says something to you that is hurtful and you say, ow, that was painful. Tell me what's going on. Just those, there are these magic words, can you tell me what's going on, that don't lay judgment on anyone. It's just an inquiry. But it, but it accomplishes a great deal because it calls out the other person. It's like, hey, I'm not loving this. Thing I think we have to understand is that we teach people how to treat us, and we get what we tolerate. Yeah. So if yeah. I'm 
We have two minutes till closing. We uh, This conversation, I could go on and on. I just want to comment on that, Me and then too. I want you to give us a website. Yeah. But I think you're saying a lot in that sentence. First of all, you have to say, don't be afraid to say how you feel. Second, ask that open-ended question and, and not make yeah. it an attack, which we tend to be, yeah. you know, screaming, why are you yeah. going golfing again this week? I, you know, I've had it. Yeah. That's not yeah. a good conversation. Yeah. But we want people to, there are so many more conversations, ways to handle it and what to do in your book. So website and or websites we can go to. for Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Susan.io is my website. And then the book is Fierce Love, Creating a Love That Lasts one conversation at a time, and you can find it anywhere. Great. Thanks so much for being on the show today, Susan. I enjoyed our conversation, and I hope it was helpful to Me all too. My, yeah, to the <laughs> listeners as well. Thank you. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. <laughs> 